0: Hi, welcome to the Plug. The Plug podcast is all about taking anal sex conversations even deeper (pun intended) from beginner butt stuff to experienced anal lovers. The Plug is focusing on more pleasure and less shame. I'm your host Luna Matadas, and I'm a sex and pleasure educator here to answer all your anal sex questions and also bringing on special experts into the conversation. The Plug is made possible by the fabulous B Vibe, who is an award-winning sex toy company that is innovating your anal pleasure with body-safe toys and also really beautiful toys. This is our second episode of The Plug. Episode one was all about pain and hygiene, basically poop and pain. And episode two is all about play. We're going to talk about playing with anal sex toys. So what's the deal with anal sex toys? What if I want to give someone an anal sex toy? What's the difference between all the different types of toys? Our special guest is Alicia Sinclair, who is the boss babe at B Vibe and a sex educator. So enjoy this episode all about toys and tools. Hello! I am so excited to welcome Alicia Sinclair to The Plug Podcast. And Alicia is CEO of not one, but three luxury sex toy brands, LaWand, B-Vibe, and The Cowgirl. And she's an award-winning sex tech designer, a certified sex educator, and businesswoman of the year, and also just an all round general hilarious person that I have shared tons of booty puns with. So Alicia, welcome to the plug.
1: Oh, thank you for
0: having me. I'm so excited. I want to dig into all of the you know, dig in as we're going into into the plug. We're going to use even more puns today. Um but I wanted to to dig into all of the anal pleasure wisdom that I I imagine that you have being the developer of such innovative sex toys. And I also kind of want to get a sense of, you know, what's it been like in in an industry where you're focusing on something that can be really taboo, such as, as anal sex. So what sparked your interest in developing toys for anal pleasure?
1: Um, So I started, we developed B-Vibe in 2015, and launched our first product in 2016. And the what I really saw in the marketplace at the time as a person who had been in the business for 15 years at that point was that there were no companies that focused 100% on anal play products. Uh, the way that they were marketed, the way they were branded, um, they just looked, they didn't have a premium feel, it didn't seem like people paid much ap- attention to the way that they functioned or looked, and I just felt that there was a huge opportunity to totally change the way that people looked at this category and develop some really good anal sex products.
0: Oh, I love that. Why do you think that there was there was such a dearth of quality booty toys? Like, what was going on with the sex toy industry?
1: I mean, I think in all fairness, the sex toy industry has significantly changed in the past maybe 10 years, um, and most toys were pretty poorly designed uh, made out of you know pretty yucky materials uh, for historically for the past you know 25 35 years since they've really been in the marketplace and I think you know anal play was one of those last categories and I think the reason it didn't get you know its its renaissance <laughs> sooner if you will <laughs> um, is is probably around the fact that you know at the time press really wouldn't talk about butt stuff the company I worked for uh, prior to to founding B Vibe I had presented ideas for anal products to them, and they were very reluctant to touch that category because they were really worried that they would lose any notoriety in press. They thought it was just such a taboo subject that nobody would talk about it.
0: Oh, okay. And I feel like that taboo still exists in in a lot of areas. So I love, you know, when I when I first started discovering B vibe, what I loved about it was that it was colorful and I was so attracted to like a pink butt plug and you know a turquoise one I was like oh this will match my room you know so there was like this like fashion design element for me in it and I I think so much of of anal, um, anal sex education or even anal sex toys it really still carries this stigma that it says something about your personality and so maybe you're nasty or you're taboo or you know you're into like really kinky things or um, your particular kind of uh, vibe around your sex and sexuality. And so how, how does having more toys in the market that are, are different from this age of kind of stigma, how does that help our anal pleasure and our anal play in the bedroom? Like, can it inspire less taboo around anal sex?
1: I mean, my theory has always been, you know, number one, I'm a consumer. And when I go and look at products that I want to buy, I have a certain level of expectation from them. And, you know, so every product that we make, I want to feel really excited about it. And I do think that part of that expectation, like meeting a consumer at a high expectation level, what I mean by that is you go in, the packaging looks cool, the colors very attractive, as you said, the materials that are included in it, like teach you how to use the product, it functions as described, (laughs) you know, like it's made out of a good material, you know, like all of those things, um, I think are really important, especially in your sexual product in sex products. Because previously people's experiences were not any of those things. They were designed very poorly, they smelled bad, they didn't function well, um, they broke really quickly. And I think part of that gives people this bad taste about sex toys and about categories. And so making products better, making them more attractive, You know, making them feel like something, like I mean, something that you could buy in an Apple Store. Um, I think it does normalize the category because you go in and you get this great product. And you know, in our products, we always have a guide to anal play, uh, which you know is the basic sort of what I would say the cliff notes to you know having you know pleasurable and pain-free anal sex. And I think that's all of that normalizes the use of the toys and and makes you feel it's all about your feeling while you're using them. You know, it makes you feel like you just bought something really cool. And I do think that that helps people feel more comfortable with the products.
0: Mm. That is such a a wonderful area of influence I think sex toy companies can have is is really like bringing this destigmatization to sex toys and the shame. And I think a lot of us are still... You know, kind of um, experiencing shopping for sex toys, especially if we're online in sites that don't necessarily have pleasure education or a lot of research that's gone into their toys or the way that they market or innovate their toys. Um, can you tell us a bit about the the research that that has gone into the um, sort of the development and innovation of sex toys, and also where you'd like to see that go? Like, what are what are some gaps that that you're working on?
1: Uh, I think you know from a A unique standpoint in our field, I'm a sex educator. And I think that brings, I became a certified sex educator in 2015, as we were, um, you know, developing the products for B-Vibe. And I just thought that was really important, because prior to starting the company, I had spent, you know, good 10 years as a sales representative, selling sex toys all over the world. And my experience was going into sex stores and either not knowing enough about the products because they had a really well-trained staff, like let's hear it for feminist run (laughs) adult stores (laughs) um, and, you know, or talking to staff who had literally no education. So it just seemed to me like, wow, nobody, this is like blind leading the blind. So that was a really, I think, definitely changed not only the way the, not not just me as a person, but really the way that we develop products and specifically the way that we market and talk about them. As far as how it it gives real perspective into how the products actually feel inside the body, what functions we should utilize, um, making sure that they fit properly, uh, the sizes, the lengths, the, the weights, like all of these things make, as we talked about earlier, they make the experience better. And if you don't have any of that knowledge and you're developing products, you know, kind of shame on you because you, you don't really know what's going, what needs to happen in order for a person to have a pleasurable experience. Hmm.
0: I really like that. I like this idea of. Um, being able to also cater to people who are curious or have had you know some experience with anal sex toys and maybe it wasn't the best, um, or they're just looking for something different. I think when I first started buying butt sex stuff. I would just walk in and I wanted like the biggest thing. Right? I'm like I want like your the eyes. biggest thing.
1: <laughs> your eyes are bigger than your
0: butt, as they say. Uh, totally. Totally. They were like way out there. And I don't know if it was like a bang for my buck thing or like it was like, well, I figure, you know, we put like the uh, big things in other holes. I don't know. And, and so I didn't really understand that there was um sort of a thing called anal training. Like I I had no idea that this was something that the booty hole actually needs so that we can give it the respect it deserves. Um, and so, how how did you come to develop products that that are supportive for anal training? And I'd love to hear even you know if you've gotten feedback on on whether people are are using anal training toys.
1: Sure. So my experience as a human, you know, first experimenting with anal play was didn't have any anal training. You know, I didn't know anything about anal sex. I didn't know why it hurt or that. I was supposed to use lube or that spit wasn't lube or that butt plugs could help it, you know, help me feel better or experience more pleasure. I didn't know any of that. So I have that relationship with what it's like to be a person new in this category. And I think that gives me a lot of perspective on how to talk to people about new products. And as far as anal training, you know, I do think that lots of people are using anal training products. When I look at the statistics of what products sell best, For our company, we have uh, an anal training and education set, which does come with like a 60 page book that teaches you everything that you could want to know about anal sex and specifically how to use the products. And we do, that's one of our number one selling products for two years now. So I think it's becoming more common for people to understand that you do need to start at a smaller size plug and work your way up. And that's called anal training. I still think that there's probably a much larger segment of people, like significantly larger that don't know that those are the steps that can help your anal play experience um, be really pleasurable.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the booty hole deserves better. And uh, I'll, I'm going to share with you a, a story about this, this anal training idea. I, I had a a partner and it was a casual date and they wanted to be pegged and so I said cool and I was like you know bring whatever dildo or toy you're comfortable with or we can use something here and so he showed up um with this dildo like the size of my freaking arm And he had never had anything in his butt before. And so I looked at it and, you know, being a responsible top, I was like, yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. But there was this idea of that, well, you know, if it isn't big, then go home. You know, like if the, if I can't have something Mm -hmm. big in my butt, then like, why bother? And I think the focus on big things and the focus on penetration really takes away from all of the pleasure possibilities of, of anal play. And so what would you say to someone who is kind of curious about anal sex and anal sex toys, but, you know, they're, they're kind of apprehensive or maybe they've had negative experiences with uh, penetration?
1: Well, don't forget about the outside of the body, I think is the number one unfortunate thing about anal play. Like you really nailed it when you said it, right? We think big is better. We have to have big things in our body. Many people think like that. Um, and that penetration is the only way that you can have anal sex. But if we have a vulva, and we think about all of the good things that feel about feel really good playing with on the outside of our body, right, our clitoris, our lapia, um, licking, you know, kissing, uh, sucking, you know, that stuff feels good on the backside, too. And there's so many sensitive nerve endings, you know, the anal sphincter itself, AKA your butthole, you know, that has 4,000 nerve endings. That's just as many as the head of the penis and half as many as your clitoris. So it's really wonderful to just experiment with playing with the outside of that area. And that will help relieve stress and anxiety about, you know, Uh, penetration performance per se. And then, you know, it will also like give you time to acclimate to new sensation and enjoy yourself in a different way. And I think taking that pressure penetration out of the experience is also really helpful when we're experimenting um, with a totally new and unique sensation.
0: Mm. Oh, thank you for reframing anal pleasure. And focusing on anal pleasure anatomy, those four thousand little delicious, cute little nerve endings—they want some attention, right? They don't just yeah, want to be over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're we're going to talk about prostate pleasure on another episode of of the plug. Um, but I also wanted to to highlight for for folks with vulvas that anal pleasures can also have a specific pleasure anatomy that's associated with with the body, and so for. Um, I have two questions. I have one around like pleasure for for anal anatomy for vulva owners. And like, what do we need to know about that? Or what myths do we need to bust? Um, And I also am curious about your work as, as someone who's in sex tech and is a pleasurepreneur and a sex educator and what it's like showing up in this space as a vulva owner talking about anal sex.
1: Okay, so the first question that you asked is one of my favorite myths if you will, or just sort of like common stories that I hear specifically in heterosexual relationships, you know, the woman will often say anal sex is something that I gift my, my partner. And it's basically I, you know, a lot of times the story goes something like this. I drink a glass of wine, uh, I grit and bear it, and I just give him anal sex once or twice a year, special occasions. And I think that's such a disempowering way to look at anal spirit, you know, and anal play, because you're taking away the entire opportunity to feel good yourself. And I think that's, you know, I don't, I just the idea that we're doing something to please somebody else. um, Not that I think that that's bad in all contexts, but I do think that if it's painful and you're not enjoying it, you know, that's something to consider. (laughs) And, and I think we should really maybe give ourselves the opportunity to enjoy the experience because yes, it can feel very good for many people. And for a variety of different reasons, you know, the anal canal and, the, and then the vaginal canal sit right next to each other. Um, you know, you put you know, something inside the anal canal, especially if it points up towards your belly button, you have a pretty good chance of stimulating, stimu- you know, the entire parts of the in- internal clitoris, right? Like the A spot or the G spot. Um, you know, putting a butt plug in while you're having, you know, penetrative vaginal sex, that feeling of fullness, you know, often called DP, like that feels really good. You know, there's all these anal beads, you know, having anal beads in the anal canal and uh, maybe having, you know, a partner's fingers um, while you're holding a vibrator and then them playing with the anal beads like that feels really good. So I think we have to reframe uh, the conversation specifically in a heterosexual dynamic around the way that anal, se- anal sex shows up. I think that's really important. And that's my one kind of key, I feel that I'm really very often talking about is like, yes, it can and should feel good for both of you. So that's the number one. The second question you asked around, you know, what it's like to show up as a woman in this industry and I'm selling butt plugs. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a wild ride. What can I say? I came from a company that was a very boutique, like super, you know, at the time when it was sort of still exciting to to talk about sex toys because publications really um, didn't pay them much attention or at the time. Um, You know, so I worked for this, you know, very delicate, super like feminine brand, which is a wonderful brand. I really like what they did. They were, you know, very early on in the education field, uh, very, you know, body safe products, warranties, customer service department, all things that sound pretty basic today, but they didn't exist in the sex toy market at the time. So it was a wonderful company that I learned a lot from, but I will, but I came from that mind frame and I launched my first product for, for COTR from V-Vibe right so a butt toy brand and it was a big butt plug called the rimming plug (laughs) (laughs) so here I came you know and if you've never seen me I'm like a small you know blonde haired person and (laughs) and I think it was just so wild like I think people did a couple like what like you know some like double takes, like, you're selling what, you know, and it was just like, and I think it was just the idea that people didn't, you know, didn't look at me that way. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, you hit all these nails on the head earlier, when you're talking about the way that people um, relate to, you know, folks who have anal sex, or women specifically that have anal sex, And I thought it was so funny because, yeah, I I could just envision all these people like she has anal sex, like, oh, my God, is she a slut? Like, she (laughs) likes it in the ass. And I've even been called things like the queen of anal or like, here comes the big butt plug, you know, girl, like really kind of I don't want to say that they're insulting because whenever people say stuff like that, I just feel like they're dealing with their own you know, miseducation and, or like inner dialogue. So it's just a reflection of how they feel. But when people did, a lot of people said that kind of stuff to me in the beginning. And I was like, it's just a sex toy. It's just stimulating a different part of the body. You know, it's a, it's a business. Like we're a business. Like what's wrong with making products that are like missing in the marketplace. But I still show up some places and people still have those kind of thoughts about me. And I don't imagine that they'll ever go away. The queen of anal. Can I make you a crown? You can. <laughs> I'll take it. Is it going to have like butt plugs all across it? Of course it
0: will. <laughs> and probably but flashing it. lights.
1: <laughs> yes, do it.
0: <laughs> if they want you to make an entrance, we will make you an entrance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Cause I, I also thought the same thing. I, I thought I was like, wow. well, I thought, you know, how does she deal with this? Cause I think, you know, myself as a sex educator, I also get a lot of assumptions around what I teach and, uh, what that says about me or who I have sex with or how I have sex. And um, often people feel like those boundaries that you would have with people who aren't sex educators are no longer there and that they have access to be able to comment on what they think about what you do in bed. And um, I love the the empathy and the, the compassion you bring to it because I think we all are dealing with so many of these internalized Pieces and I'm I'm not as as kind as you. I think like I think it, <laughs> I think I go very much into this is patriarchy. Like this is so much about you know we all have a butthole. So why is this any more special that I'm talking about it? But and and this is where we start to see that these assumptions actually affect everybody's body. And um, I get so many questions from penis owners around being shy about asking their partner to receive anal. Sex play, and to not just be the giver, and I think it's really wonderful that that we have innovation coming through things like toys, things like education, things like you know being able to talk about it more and out of the dark corners of of the web to be able to normalize these conversations. And so instead of trying to you know give your partner anal sex on Valentine's Day
1: <laughs> and
0: you know taking one for the team, you know why don't you gift each other butt plugs and lube and and let's start right. slow, right? Yeah. Wow.
1: That sounds lovely. I like that Valentines.
0: Right? That's a way better anal times than like, okay, well, you know, just going to get it get her done. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I I also really like um what you shared about how these these conversations have evolved and and so hearing this insight into the sex toy industry also makes me think about a more exciting future, you know, like what else is going to come out and how else are we going to be able to access things that are safe for our body and fun for our body and and really are are not in kind of these dark corners with Um, very explicit looking packaging or only in black. And, you know, we've just got so many more options. So I would love to know how we can, or what your thoughts are about bringing more playfulness into our our anal pleasure. Like you and I laugh a lot about butt plugs and butt toys and butt puns. And I would love to bring this joy (laughs) to more people.
1: We do. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, I was laughing. I forgot what So how do we <laughs> no, that's okay. So
0: like how do we bring more playfulness?
1: How do we bring more playfulness into our sex lives? I mean, I like the sex educators that have come up with these really cool concepts of like creating yes, no, and maybe lists mm. and making it kind of um, like a game and also consensual and negotiation. Um, You know, so it is a game. Let's write our yes, no's and maybes. And that can be really specific to anal play. Like, would you lick a butthole? Um, Do you like anal fingering? Are you interested in trying anal beads? Um, Do you want to try a butt plug? Do you want to try a rimming butt plug? Like there's so many ways to play. I mean, that's why when when people think about, you know, like dildo or penis inside, butt, like, wow, there's so many opportunities here. So I think maybe that can also be part of it is like going on an anal, anal education discovery, you know, like, okay, let's like check out what all the different tools are. And then let's make a yes, no, maybe list together or learn more about like, you know, the roles for the holes. you know, what's, who's a top, what's the bottom. Can we like switch that up a little bit? Mm. Um, I think there's, I don't know. I think if we just look at it as like, I like to compare sex to food. Because Mm -hmm. I think that there's, you know, you want to try a lot of different types of restaurants and you're going to in your life, your, or, you know, food in general, your, your parents are going to cook your aunts, your uncles, your family, your friends, or this, that, like, you're going to go to tons of restaurants. You're going to travel. You're going to try new cuisines. And that's the way I think about sex. You know, you're going to have different partners. They're going to be into different things. You're going to like those certain things with them, uh, certain things with different partners. There's more than one way to play some, you know, your orgasms might feel great one way in certain age range and, Uh, another way in a different age range. And if we look at, you know, sex as a a playground or a food court, if you will, with these like sort of like all sorts of opportunities and and different things to pick from different menus. I think that's a more fun way to look at sex in general.
0: Mm. Oh, thank you for that. Sex as a food court. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Get your little tray, put a butthole on it, put some nipples on it. You get to go. Yes.
1: (laughs) See? <laughs>
0: And I I also have really loved your, your approach. I mean, in this conversation and elsewhere where I've heard you speak around anal pleasure and, and even sex just being bigger than the activity we're actually doing. And so that totally reminds me Uh, when you're talking about food and sex and the comparison between that. I mean, food is a very sensory experience. You like, you like the way it looks or you like the way it smells or, you know, the texture on your tongue either turns you on or turns you off and anal pleasure can also move us in in that direction. And so these yes, no, maybe lists and all the playful tips that you've given us can also help us discover other kinds of things that turn us on in addition to, okay, like get in my booty or I want to get in your booty. And so do you have any um, tips for, for people who are receiving or people who are giving on how we can Either sink into the experience and, and take the focus away from just the physical activity or add to the experience of the physical activity or just be better tops or better bottoms, better givers, better receivers.
1: Well, I wanna say that my like short answer to all of that is communication. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I will also say like it's one of the hardest things to do, you know, so many of us have sex in silence you know, and we're, or we're, or we're taught that, you know, only oohs and ahs and, oh, this feels so fucking good, like, is what should be said. Um, and we should never say, like, does this feel good to you? Would you like more? Or, hey, that doesn't feel great for me. I'm not, I'd like to take a break. We're not taught that type of language. And that is, I, even me as a, a 40-year-old person who's a sex educator who's been with my partner for eight years. I still sometimes have trouble communicating what I need in in I would say in my ideal way. So I think it it takes a lot of practice, but that's the best thing that I can say is even to sometimes communicate and that can be doing your yes no maybe list and consenting to a certain thing and negotiating how that looks like for you and being willing to say, you know, very simple things like feels good, need more, need less during your sexual, sexual experience. I think that will really empower your play. Mm,
0: yes, yes. This empowerment through being able to have an empowered yes and an empowered no and an empowered I need it faster and empowered I need it slower yes. um, to really feel like communication isn't a burden and you're not ruining the time. You're not making it less spontaneous. I think the the emphasis on communication, you're right. It sounds so Basic and like fundamental, but I think so many of us, including myself, also struggle with well, how do we, you know, keep the communication going? And so I, I like these tips for shorter forms of communication, you know, faster or slower. Or um, I love to tell bottoms, you know, if they if they want more in their butt, I need to see that cute little booty wiggle. Like, give me a little booty wiggle if you want more or like back it up on it so that they control the depth. Um, And so I think there's nonverbal ways of of also engaging in communication. If people kind of get choked up or they feel like they don't like the sound of their voice during the sex. (laughs) It seems kind of weird.
1: No, I think that's a really great point. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, it's, it's sometimes hard to, you know, answer a big question, you know, and I think that that's really a, a key thing that you brought up is there's so many ways to communicate with people and being open to receiving communication, right. In many different ways is part of that. And, and having that connection with your partner so that you do enable an, a, a good experience. mm
0: yeah yeah and then it doesn't just have to be in the moment. it can be um throughout or you can debrief afterwards if you felt you weren't able to um I also you know going back to our playfulness too, I think like having that those conversations and those moments in everyday kind of moments that are, are sort of lights on sex. And so flirting with your partner's booty without the intention of trying to, you know, have anal sex at that moment. Um, and I had a partner who loved to cook and also loved anal play. And so while he'd be cooking, I'd walk by and uh, I'd say, I'd slap his butt and I'd be like, Mm, I'm gonna eat both of those things later. And then I just walk away.
1: And- <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable. Oh my God, that's so adorable. <laughs>
0: just keeping and that's the word right this adorableness and it doesn't have to be so serious and it doesn't have to sound like porn and communication doesn't have to be raunchy if you don't want it to be exactly yeah and so we actually we have some questions that were submitted from our lovely audiences about butt sex toys um are you ready to answer a few i'm ready let's do it you're ready All right, let's get in here. Okay, so um, Alex says, should you clean your butthole before and after anal play and sex? And I think this is such a good question because even for anal play masturbation, sometimes I'm like, do I have to go clean my butthole?
1: (laughs) So what are your thoughts on this (laughs) Well, I guess I want to say there's, um, you know, just to clarify, like the butthole is pretty much like an external part of the body. Mm -hmm. And maybe this person might also be asking about the anal canal, right? The internal part of the body. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'll just answer for both. And Luna, please weigh in because I'm sure you have great tips as well. But I think for the outside of the body, it's a great idea to clean it before and after. Um, If you're specifically if you're playing with a partner, again, it's subjective to each person's experience. I did a sex education training once, And somebody raised their hand and said that they like the smell of poop and, and their partner likes it too. And I was like, good for you. Then don't clean, you know? So that's really subjective to, to each person. But I would say for most folks, you know, it is a good idea to clean the the outside of the area and yeah, clean it before and after. Um, And then as far as the internal anal canal, that's really a level of comfort um, depending on when you've had your last bowel movement, there may or may not be any poo in there. But if you want that added layer of security, you can do an enema, right? Flush your anal canal out with warm water. And that will, you know, give you that sort of extra squeaky clean, <laughs> if you will. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I love those tips. And I love pointing out that it's not a universal uh kind of application of things. I mean, universally we want to keep butt stuff in the butt, but I mean, other than that, it's it's totally up to you. And I really like using condoms on my toys because especially if I'm just playing with myself because I'm like, cool, like this just makes cleanup a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um and and just finding ways to to manage that. I know we had some great tips in uh, the Plug episode 1. Um so if you're curious more about poop and hygiene, you can definitely check out some more detailed tips there, but that's a great question. Uh, and so we've got Cutie Booty. Cutie Booty says, I don't like the in and out motion of anal sex. So is there something else I could try?
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like we talked about before, the anal sphincter is super sensitive. And that in and out motion, I think can it can take a long time to get used to. If Or if you're super sensitive and you just don't ever want to play with it, that's cool too. Um, I would say go with a product like a butt plug. Um, that's a product that's meant to go in and stay in. And you can experience fullness, uh, vibration, pressure if you use a weighted plug. And it's not going to give much sensation to the anal sphincter in particular. Um, So you'll get all of the juicy internal play without any of the in and out um, movement that you don't like.
0: Ooh, okay. And do you recommend like, like a particular style of plug, like our anal beads or vibrating plugs? Like what's better if you kind of just want to put it in and leave it?
1: If you want to put it in and and leave it, I love our snug plugs. Mm. I like those because they're weighted and they come in a really wide variety of sizes and also have a very small, flexible neck. So very specifically, if you don't like the feeling of sensation on your anal sphincter, that's really the best plug for you. Um, And like I said, it's in lots of sizes with lots of different weights.
0: Okay. Okay. I love that because I have the snug plug and I like it for when I'm also doing things that are penetrative in either vaginal play or just like kind of doing other stuff. And it really just stays in there. Whereas other plugs I've had um, have popped out because the the curve of the base or the neck is a little bit like too thick. And so my, my anal sphincters are kind of just like pushing it out. Um, so I love this idea of having something that's just comfortable. You don't have to worry about it. It's just in there.
1: Yeah. And that's also a really fun plug. My two favorite tips take, uh, like a wand style vibrator. And while the snug, snug plug is in the anal canal, just place the vibrator on the base of the plug and it'll actually like vibrates really nicely inside the body. So you get like this weight and pressure vibration, it's really delicious and the other thing is if you like uh sensation play or impact play you know like spanking somebody while a snug plug is in their body is uh pretty incredible
0: Uh you can't see me but my mouth is just dropped to the floor those are great ideas <laughs> oh my goodness I love that I never thought about that that's amazing thank you Okay, so Lexi is an intermediate anal player, um, and they say, I purchased the Snug Plug 3, and the way the base curves, the front tip curves into my vagina, and the back tip hits right at the top crease of my buttocks and is very uncomfortable. Any suggestions? I hate that the toy is just wasting away in my drawer.
1: Um, When you put it inside the body, um, you know, maybe just consider twisting the base so that it spreads across your cheeks instead of <sighs> you know, so it's going horizontal instead of vertical. And that way you'll still have access to your vaginal canal. Another thing to think about is, you know, one of the cool things about snug plugs, well, really any butt plug in general, is that you can use them vaginally as well. And in fact, lots of folks use them that way, depending on the size of their vaginal canal. Some folks have shorter vaginal canals, and they just prefer the size of butt plugs. So if it really doesn't work for your butt, sterilize it and use it for use it for vaginal play. They're really fun for just like squeezing and releasing. Um just like you would do your Kegels. Pretty feels pretty delicious regardless of what hole it's in.
0: Ooh, that's a great tip. And thank you for reminding us that butt sex toys while they're they're designed with anal pleasure anatomy in mind, like they can be used on other parts of the body because I used my tie-dye rimming plug I used it for as a clitoral stimulator because the vibration of it was so amazing that that I could use it there and then head over to my to my anus
1: you are a sex toy MacGyver Luna
0: I really am (laughs) (laughs) don't tell my parents My dad is like terrified to come to my house now. Cause he's like, I don't know. There might be dildos everywhere. And I'm like, well, there are. Yeah, there are clean, yeah. <laughs> but they're yeah, everywhere. Are. <laughs> the side note, they gave me a, a wine rack um, and I actually, I don't drink. So I, I don't know why they gave it to me, but I put my dildos in it. And <laughs> it's such a beautiful display in this wine rack full of dildos. So, you know, <laughs> repurpose That's your gifts for your
1: sex storage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Just> perfectly.
0: <laughs> okay. We have a few more questions. So um, Michelle says, I love this question a lot. Um, Michelle says, what if your body is tense, but you want to do anal sex?
1: Great time to play with the outside of your body. Um, you know, great opportunity. Like someone had the most sexy tip. Well, for me, I felt it was the most sexy tip and they were talking about the way that you can play with a partner's butt. And they were just like, you can, you know, jiggle their butt and move their butt around and lick the outside of their butt and, you know, put a vibrator up and down their butt. Like, I was like, whoa, (laughs) someone please do that to me because it sounded (laughs) so, so delicious. And I think if you start with that, in general, your body is, if if, it, if that works for you that type of scenario works for you you're and you become like you know turned on and all of this blood flows into your erogenous zones like then maybe you might be ready to communicate to your partner in either a pushback as luna suggests or <laughs> um, or a verbal communication um you know maybe you're ready for you know some some fingers to go a little closer to the opening you know, and then uh, sort of gently start playing with just small things like, you know, one finger with a glove. I think one finger in a glove is, is still one of the most sexy things. Like, I just, Oof. I love the smooth movement. The, your, uh, hands down, your fingers are your best sex toys. You know, they really are. They have this ability to touch all the right places. So I think like that, that might be, make it a journey, not a destination um, is maybe a better way to answer that. But I do think like playing with your body and, and becoming aroused and relaxing is a good way to get to penetration if that is ultimately your goal.
0: Oh, yes. I agree with all of that. I think that's wonderful advice to kind of just honor where the body is at. And sometimes your mind is in the mood, but your body isn't. And to sync that up can sometimes require like building trust over time that you're not going to force something in there. Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, all right. We've got an, oh, we've got one about glass butt plugs. So Greg wants to know if glass butt plugs are are safe. And I get this question a lot about glass dildos and people feeling like their vagina is going to bust a Pyrex glass Dildo. So I think this is this is a like, question around yeah. Are they going to break inside you?
1: Oh, yeah, I was like, what exercises
0: are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My badge is that at you. the gym three days a week.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. like where is the online workout? Um, <laughs> well, I think it's it is like it's a good question, right? Because you're putting glass inside your body, um, and that intuitively feels scary. Um, I will say that my knowledge of the manufacturing of glass sex toys, if it's by a quality manufacturer, um, is that it is made, as you said earlier, with uh, the same materials that a Pyrex glass is made of. So unless it were to drop on the floor on a very hard surface and break, and then then it wouldn't be safe to be inside your body. But I would say, you know, out of the box, as I said, from a quality manufacturer, it's going to be perfectly safe to put inside your body as long as it has a flared base.
0: Okay. Okay, great. Um, And I wonder if folks also have questions around like stainless steel butt plugs. Are there any kind of benefits or like, why would you use a glass butt plug or a stainless steel butt
1: plug? Well, number one, they tend to last a really long time. Some people like harder or denser things inside their body. Um, you know, specifically stainless steel has weight and I'm a huge fan of weight. If you haven't ever experimented with a stainless steel toy, I highly suggest, and it's also easy to sanitize and you can use it with any kind of lubricant. So there are tons of advantages to using non-porous sex toys, um, like glass and stainless steel.
0: Okay. Okay. Good to know. So many options, like just so many combinations of things that, that we can do, um, so Dom has a question. Dom says, how to clean yourself out before anal play? Uh, my issue is that I can never clean it out enough to where I don't have to worry so much about poop. I have used enemas, changed diet, gone to the restroom multiple times, but I, I guess I'm full of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good question, oh, Dom. Dom. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I love this question. Um, I'd I love to hear what you think about it.
1: Uh, Luna, please weigh in. Um, I would say, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts come up and I just want to disclaim that I'm not a doctor. Um, <laughs> so what the information I can present will be colloquial or my own experience. But I would say fiber is your best friend if you want like solid poos. And it sounds like you've already made some investments in diet changes. You know, if you've done an enema or tried, you know, uh, doing an enema a couple times to flush out and you're still not seeing the results that you want, I would say maybe become comfortable with a little bit of feces, you know, because it sounds like your question is about feeling comfortable or your comfort level around cleanliness. And, you know, maybe it might be okay to reframe, you know, your thought process and say, you know, my, this is my body. And sometimes there might be poo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I really think, like, even folks who maybe aren't struggling with this, this same issue, but just have a concern around poop during anal, which most of us do, is that, you know, shit happens. Like, it's a butt. And, and totally. really, it's, there's going to, there might be Amen. shit. Amen. <laughs> It's like a life rule. <laughs> Shit happens. Um, it happens. <laughs> I actually, I wonder for Dom, because um, I know when I started using enema um, uh, tools or the the enema bulbs, that I was actually over enemaing, and I think I was disrupting like whatever was the next bowel movement that that might have been coming into the rectum, but probably wouldn't have had an impact on on my um, penetrative experience that night. And so it was because I was flushing too much that I was actually giving myself diarrhea. And Mm -hmm. so I think like really not trying to give yourself a colonic. I mean, a colonic is you're, if you're getting cramps in your, your tummy, you know, you might be flushing a little bit too uh, deep, but I I think put down a black towel, keep some wipes next to each other and get familiar with the phrase of, you know, babe, I love what we're doing. Um, Let's freshen up and continue. And, and just kind of accepting that this is, you know, we got to freshen up and like, let's get back to it.
1: Totally yep totally. Um, and so
0: I've got one more question for you, I think here. So Noah says, um, can you share butt toys if you're fluid bonded?
1: Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned before, uh, condoms are a great way to uh, to share sex toys in general, right? Put a condom on it as you're using it, keeps it pretty clean. And then also many sex toys uh, you can you can you can sanitize, you know you can boil them or put them in you know hot water. Um, there's lots, you know, using toy cleaners is really important, you know, so use a good toy cleaner, put it, sanitize it afterwards. And, and again, back to the condom, like that's the easiest way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I think there's, there's so much to be said about, um, you know, having different experiences than your partner with with sex toys. So maybe they like bigger things, maybe you like smaller things. Or, um, but if it's if it's about switching from butt to butt, and for for people who are unfamiliar with the term fluid bonded, it means that you are are sharing fluids that might occur during sex. So it could be semen or ejaculate or vaginal fluids or anal fluids, um, and those might potentially contain bacteria or um, infections. And, but if you're fluid bonded, you're, you're agreeing to swap those fluids without barriers. And so butt bacteria is, I mean, not necessarily something that we talk about when we talk about sexually transmitted infections, but more about like hygiene and, and keeping butt and gut stuff away from other orifices. If all of this talk about butt sex toys is making your shopping fingers hungry, head over to bvibe.com and use code Luna, L-U-N-A, for 30% off b branded products. So you can check out lube or anal beads or toy cleaners or more. So you might want to treat yourself or treat someone else. So don't forget to use code Luna, L-U-N-A, for 30% off. Okay. Um, so I actually, I have one more question. I didn't submit through the form, but I will ask you now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that that really attracted me, I mean, I was already in love with like the sex toys um, from p 5 and fangirling them. Uh, and then I saw the everybody has a butt um, campaign come out. And I really, as a, a plus size woman of color, I have definitely never seen myself represented in um in the same way that other bodies have been represented from sex toy brands and from um even in porn, I'm either fetishized or it's it's not a very empowering uh position to be in to not see your pleasure in your body represented. And um, when I saw the campaign, I was like, oh my God, I wish my butt was in it. And then I was like, it actually inspired me to do my own selfie photo shoot and, and to take up space in my own image. And so I I wanted to just hear a little bit about the the origins of of the campaign, or even just B Vibe's commitment to body inclusivity and um really just changing the way that we see who gets to take up space and pleasure.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that with me because that is such a like I don't know that's such a lovely. It's not, I don't know. I just really, it warms my heart to hear that. Warms my butt to hear that. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) So I truly appreciate it because it's so nice to know that it was impactful. It's always been my, uh, there's so many people that are underrepresented or have been underrepresented in our, in our industry in general. And it just feels like it's, it's the same thing, you know, when I just look out and see like the way that products are sold and marketed in general, I'm just like, this is not, doesn't really include the full spectrum of all the people that are using them. In fact, I would wager that most of these people that are advertised on these boxes are not using them. Mm. You know, it just, I don't know. That's, that's, but I think really my, my end goal is always, everybody has a butt, you know, all people should see themselves in marketing. I love all of the people that we worked with. They all inspired me. They're all educators in the space or they're doing something really cool and they're magical and they're special. um, And they had wonderful things to say about participating in the campaign and being on set. You know, I have, as I said, worked in the business a long time. I've been in a number of different dynamics. And this was the first set where I really felt like comfortable. And I felt Mm. that, like a magical feeling. And, you know, I actually, um, like was part, I I was part of the campaign and I was so nervous and, you know, it was just uh, the, the warmth and the expression that everybody had for each other's, um, there was so much humility on set and just like love and compassion and kindness. And I think that's what we saw come out in the campaign. This is like love and joy of our bodies and this incredible, like pleasure potential that we all have.
0: Oh, that's exactly the vibe that I took away from it. It was this love and joy and the celebration of the ways that our bodies are are shaped and it just held so much space for our humanity. And I think we've talked a lot about that whenever we talk about sex and pleasure in that, like our bodies respond differently or our bodies do things in the holes that we're trying to do things in. And um, I think seeing that kind of representation was just so impactful. And I was like, all right, other brands, like, come on, like, you need to like step up. <laughs> I'm like, look at this. You come on.
1: It, it can you be done. It. Untouched, unaltered, you know, like. Yes.
0: Yes. And yeah. so, like, so aesthetically amazing. Like, I, I thought some of them would be amazing prints. I was like, oh, I just want some, yeah. whoever this person's butt is on my bedroom wall. This is a beautiful, like, yeah, it was art.
1: Definitely. And it was so cool to, you know, we would show up at our industry trade shows. And we'd have, you know, our big trade show booth. And then on one side, we'd just have this, like, row of, you know, one of the pictures with maybe four or five people and their butts and all the different people that would walk by and they would say, "Oh my god, thank you for showing a butt with cellulite or a butt yeah. with acne or, you know, a butt that looks like mine because I've never seen that before." And I really appreciate that. And it was such a cool I mean, first of all, my mind was exploding at the number of people that said that. And so, I don't know, it's re- it was really cool to I don't know, to be a part of the campaign. I certainly can't take all the credit for it. There was a lot of amazing people on the team, but yeah, it is something really special. And I do look back at that quite often and think about how much I enjoyed it.
0: And to hear that, that, Warm reception of it, and to hear people be like, "Oh, like thank you," because I think it 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 very much puts the pressure on folks seeing not seeing themselves represented to then feel like, "Oh well, I have to go demand it." But there's a shame in saying. I want to be seen and I want to be celebrated. And this just created this amazing, you know, kind of play space to like, well, come, like, look how fun it is to celebrate bodies that that are not, you know, what we see in conventional advertising or conventional, even sex toy advertising specifically.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I, um
0: I think you're one of like the people that I have laughed with the most in, in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Alicia and I just like, I don't know how it comes so easily. All these like butt puns just like roll off of our, our brains. Like it's the combination of some weird kinetic energy. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like you've got like more booty stories in you. And do you have a, a booty blooper that you'd like to share with us? A funny, either a funny story about an experience or a retail bootie Yeah.
1: I mean, I can say that again, you know, it's, it's easy to assume that folks who like, you know, work in this industry, like know it all, you know, I feel like that's one of those things that, uh, I don't know, like an ingrained belief, like, oh my God, you must know everything or you must be really good in bed. And I think it's really interesting that that comes up first, but I will say, you know, I'm prefacing all of that to say, I've had some really interesting, like, you know, unfortunate poop experiences you know like we went we went oh my god I hope she never hears this we went to, <laughs> we went to my partner's sister's birthday party and we were staying in her apartment and we it was her it, you know we came home from the birthday party we were from out of town she was still out and we decided to have butt sex you know <laughs> in her bed and let me just tell you like it got all over the sheets Like it was, it was, I did not obviously do an NM before. This was unplanned, but play. And we, and she was staying in the house that night. So we like took, like, it was a small studio apartment. She was kind of like a blow up mattress. So we took the sheet and like folded it into like a hundred little pieces and like put it in a plastic bag and like hid it from her. And then like went, (laughs) went during the day while she was at work and like washed it in the laundromat, like it was a full on like I mean so that's so like as you say shit happens (laughs) oh my god and it happened in a big way for us and it is still a story that like once in a while we'll like look at each other and be like remember that time you know (laughs) like do you remember when that happened and I'm so thankful to have a partner that like laughed with me but it was a mess
0: Like literally a shit show. That's what That's happened nice. for you.
1: That is the shit show. But, yeah, it, it comes up uh, randomly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope she doesn't hear this
1: because yeah, God, I you're,
0: hope you're gonna owe her some new fancy
1: sheets. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put them on the Christmas glove now, yeah, just in case. Just in case. Just in
0: case. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sweating! Thank you, <laughs> thank you for sharing that great story, and thank you so much for all of your knowledge and, and wisdom that you shared with us today. I mean, I always leave these conversations feeling really inspired, and, and your leadership and innovation in this space, and, and humility and desire to keep doing more for anal pleasure and for, for sex pleasure. Um, it just is, it's really, it makes me feel happy about the future of where sex and pleasure is going. And at a time where there's so much censorship and sex negativity to see brands uh, like the three that that you manage are are very um, it just makes me feel happy and and I think that happiness and that playfulness that we were trying to get to is also what paves the way for removal of shame and so maybe that will influence society in this kind of circuitous way. You know, as we get more empowered and we get more comfortable and we start demanding more sex positive spaces and body positive products, um, hopefully that will will see a future in in both retail and how we interact with each other.
1: Is there anything that you would like to to leave our, our listeners with? Well, I just want to say this podcast filled a hole in the marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> and the pun. <laughs>
0: Did you have that one like waiting and locked and loaded, or did it just come out? It
1: was literally locked and loaded.
0: Oh, that's amazing! That's even better. is gonna come in handy. oh thank you so much, Alicia, for for being here with us, and thank you for leading a brand that that welcomes a, a plug podcast to fill this hole. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Woo! What a playful episode with a lovely human. I laughed so much. I was sweating. I was also itchy to go shopping. I hope that you feel more empowered and more informed on how to shop for, how to use, how to care for anal sex toys. So make sure to join us on the next episode of The Plug, where we're going to be talking about prostate pleasure. So make sure to sign up at bvibe.com if you're interested in attending the Seducing the Butt live web series where we'll also be talking about prostate pleasure and you can ask your questions to me alive during the webinar if you can't make it to the webinar or you're just like really eager and you're a hungry little butt slut you know come back to the plug where we're going to welcome another guest to help us explore all of the pleasure that's possible with prostates